Disclaimer, Poison Center Pointers is brought to you by the Northern New England Poison Center. This podcast is not to replace timely advice or recommendations. If you have an actual poisoning emergency, scenario, or question, contact the Northern New England Poison Center by calling 1-800-222-1222, text the word POISON to 85511, or chat online at nnepc.org. Welcome to Poison Center Pointers, a podcast presented to you by Northern New England Poison Center. Hello to all our listeners out there and welcome to Poison Center Pointers. Uh, Today is episode two and we're keeping a summer theme today. We're talking about insects and repellents. Boo, insects. Boo. Yay, summer. <laughs> Boo, insects. I second that. My name's Chris. I'm one of the specialists here, and I'm joined by two of my co-hosts and colleagues. Carly, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. And Carolyn, thank you for being here. Thanks, Chris. Yes. Thanks for having me. Carolyn's been here since insects were invented, so she has plenty of expertise <laughs> once again. Thanks, Chris. We're honored yes, to have I invented you. them. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Thanks for that. <laughs> So just to get into, again, what exactly we're doing here, uh, we're, we're looking to share um, our knowledge and experience dealing with everyday uh, situations that we manage at the Poison Center. Our goal is to keep our community safe and by preventing a poisoning or making sure you know what to do if a poisoning does occur. Hopefully this episode is a little bit more entertaining than last week when we just talked about um, ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so... Insects and repellents, I think we should probably start with everyone's least favorite insect, or oh, so yeah. I would think, in northern New England. Ticks. Yeah. <laughs> ticks. 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 Yeah, we don't like ticks. Yeah. Ticks, uh, ticks are an insect that are found in the woods, in the tall grass, mm-hmm. sometimes in your yard, but usually it's uh, more like the woods or the grass where they're found. They are, they crawl around, they don't fly, they don't jump, but if you walk through the grass where they're found, they will attach themselves to you <laughs> yes they mm-hmm. would they they feed on the blood of animals and unfortunately we're animals too so yuck <laughs> yeah that's why they grab on <laughs> and one of the reasons why we do worry about them is because they're a vector for disease lots mm-hmm. of different kinds of disease so you've heard about lyme disease that's the most common one yep. there's others too we're, we're not going to get too detailed basically it's way more common for it to be lyme disease but um in this region of the country yeah, anyway something to think mm-hmm. about right yeah yeah how about a little bit more about ticks? Sure. <laughs> Once they feed, they fall off. They don't stay attached. They don't. They don't embed. They don't uh, crawl inside. They don't. They don't burrow and stay. They just put their head in and they feed. And once they finish feeding, they fall off. Mm-hmm. Um, at certain stages of their life, they can be really small, like nearly impossible to see. Size of a poppy seed or mm-hmm. tip of a pencil. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they can be active year round, even here in northern New England, because sometimes we don't get that long, hard frost or lots of snow like last winter. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though they're more more common in the warmer months they actually can be found year round you guys have any of your own horror stories about encounters with ticks <laughs> well my first and only oh. encounter actually happened here at the poison center oh yeah thanks carly what well carly has, carly has dogs and we share a seat here at the poison center not at the same time but we share the same desk <laughs> when she's not here i'm not or we share and i think that she probably brought it in on her dog wow. so i found one here at work for the first time ever about a month ago Yikes. Good Sorry point, right? That. We don't usually find ticks inside in, no. inside a building. No, but dogs it, can bring them in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and dogs. People. 
Yeah. Any sort of animal. And Carly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just a little bit of background. Uh, why don't we kind of uh, talk about some uh, good prevention techniques. I think that's probably what people would like to know most about. Yeah. So first off, we could try to avoid areas where we know ticks are prevalent, which would be in the woods, grassy areas, bushes, that sort of thing. But in uh, northern New England, pretty hard to avoid those areas, especially yeah. when we want to get out in the summer. But yes. you can stay, like if you're hiking, stay on the middle of the path. Something exactly. as simple as that can make a difference. Yes. Um, but, you know, if you're unable to do that, there are other things as far as, um, you know, using clothing. Uh, you can wear long clothing to... <laughs> You are obviously going to be wearing clothing. <laughs> That's why I was laughing. <laughs> but long sleeves. Yes. Um, long it, pants. Yeah, long pants. Long socks. You can wear long socks. Tuck your pants into your socks. Um, things like that. And also you can use preventative sprays. So DEET, uh, there's Picardin. Um, natural products. Yeah, natural Quite a few products, products available. Like Light colored clothing can be helpful because you can see the ticks crawling up. They don't generally attach right away. They want to crawl up and find a spot like usually like your underarms, behind your ears, crevices, crevices, back of the knees, belly button. But they crawl up, so they crawl up first. They generally don't attach to your ankles or feet. So if you have light-colored clothing and you've tucked your pants into your socks, like Carly was mentioning, then you can maybe see them crawling up before they attach. Mm -hmm. Sure. How about a theoretical here? Say you, you took all those proper preventative techniques mm -hmm. and you come home after a nice hike in the summer and you find a tick on yourself. Uh, what yeah. do we do? Well, actually, even before that, no matter what you do, when you get home, do a tick check. Make yeah. sure yeah. you check. Yeah. But if if you do have one, then you want to grab tweezers or a tick removal tool. A lot, of, a lot of stores sell them. If you have tweezers, you just grab it close to the skin, at the tip of the body, right before the head. Grab it not too hard. You don't want to rupture it. And just pull very slowly. Um, so that the head comes out. Mm. Yeah. Try not to jerk or, or twist it. It really, you know, I want you to remove it as fast as you can, but also making sure you're getting the head because if the head is retained in, um, there is just a, a greater chance to get diseases right. from it or infection, things like that. Or you can do what I did when I found it here at work. I screamed and then I grabbed it and threw it to the ground. Luckily, <laughs> luckily it had literally just attached because it came right out. Yeah. But in all seriousness, don't throw it on the ground. No, um. I didn't keep it there. You want to put it in rubbing alcohol. That'll kill it. Yes. It'll preserve it. Don't flush. You're not killing it if you flush it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you want to put it in rubbing alcohol or crush it. And um, important to note, actually, if you do uh, put it in the rubbing alcohol, which will will kill it, it'll actually preserve it. If you're concerned, it could uh, be harboring a disease. There are sources we have available in northern New England to have it identified. And for more information, you certainly call us, chat us, text us, and we're happy to uh, assist. Um, how about some uh, common pitfalls or kind of old school methods for how we remove these ticks? We should probably yeah. bring those up. Thanks for looking at me for that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes people will call and say they've used the match method, and that means you light a match, blow it out, put it on the back of the tick. Uh, that is actually never a good idea. It might mm -hmm. get the tick to remove its head, but he's more likely to regurgitate the virus or bacteria because they're, that's found in their salivary glands. So you're more likely to get sick if it has. Yeah. 
one of these diseases. Also, putting a burning mash to your skin, you know. That's true. That's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I agree, Chris. The other that? one is Vaseline, covering in Vaseline because people think it'll smother them, but they only breathe one or two times an hour, so you're going to be sitting there a long time, mm. and then you'll have to grab the tweezers. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well just... Most things are really just delaying the actual yeah. removal, and so, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm, there's situations where people worry about, could I have been exposed to one of those tick-borne illnesses? When would we recommend kind of reaching out to your doctor or your primary care provider? Yeah, so after the removal, it's important to do typical first aid, so washing really well with soap and water to the area. And if you have found that it's embedded, um, follow up with your primary care provider and just see if there's any further evaluation or management, um, or certainly if you feel symptomatic at all, I'd mm-hmm. follow up with them as well. Right. Sure. And you don't, you know, you don't, it's not emergent. If you find the ticket at, in the middle of the night, you don't need to call the doctor's office in the middle of the night. You can wait till the next day. Sure. It doesn't happen that fast. Another uh, important um, resource that we should probably refer you all to is um, the federal CDC's website, cdc.gov. They do have a a webpage dedicated to ticks, and they have all sorts of helpful hints and tips that we went over, so you might also find that to be a good resource. Yes, Just to elaborate on the symptoms, you know, if you feel that you are having a fever, muscle aches, you notice that classic bullseye rash, you could Google photos of that. That's pretty typical for Lyme disease. Right. Um, But anything like that as far as symptoms go, I'd want you to follow up with your primary care provider. Yeah. Yeah. I think the next type of insect that unfortunately we encounter way too much this time of year, oh, mosquitoes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not my favorite. You all might be familiar. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Probably if yeah. you live here. Any, um, any pointers you all have about, you know, where, where we're more, most likely to encounter mosquitoes and just ways to prevent exposure? Sure. Mosquitoes are, they, they like water. Um, that's where they reproduce and that's where they tend to hang out. So morning when there's dew on the grass or in the evening. Um, and so you have to be careful. You want to cover up. You can use some repellents. We'll talk about repellents later. The, the other thing is they tend to, as I mentioned, reproduce in water. So if you have any open water, like standing buckets, um, your wheelbarrow is turned over and gets filled up in a rainfall, empty it because that's where they, um, the larvae are and you'll increase the amount of insects in your yard if you have those things. Yeah. But uh, say you do want to spend some time outside and you don't want to be covered in big red bumps mm-hmm. right. for the next two to three days, mm-hmm. what do we uh, usually encounter that people like to use here? Yeah, you can prevent um, bites by some different methods. One would be using a spray that contains DEET. That would kind of be your two-for-one to cover you for ticks and mosquitoes. Right. <laughs> there's also some natural products like lemongrass, citronella, and there's mosquito, dunks. Yeah, that's um, a product that you can put in a standing pool of water and it'll help get rid of uh, any of the insect larvae that are there. Um, And remember mosquitoes, they're annoying and we don't like to get bit by them, but they also, they can carry diseases. We don't generally see a lot of that in northern New England, but you know, like with anything, we just want to prevent exposure. Sure, sure. The next group of insects, something that, you know, where we can actually worry occasionally about medical emergencies, so Mm -hmm. probably important that we talk about that, that's stinging insects. Bees, hornets, uh, ants can bite you. Pretty irritating. Guess uh, have any um, helpful hints for our listeners out there? Sure. The first thing you want to do is get rid of the stinger if it's still in there. They don't all leave the stinger in there, but instead of inspecting it carefully, just grab a credit card or a license, scrape it across the bite site. That'll remove the stinger if there's one there. Don't use tweezers or squeeze mm-hmm. because if there's a venom sac, you it'll hurt way more. 
and might just squeeze the venom further right. in rather than just removing it altogether. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like with everything else, wash with soap and water. It's the first thing you're going to want to do. Yep. And if it's if there's a little swelling, then apply ice. A little bit of swelling, a little bit of pain, normal. It'll go away in a pretty short period of time. Mm-hmm. That's nothing to worry about. But sometimes you do have to worry. Yeah, that would be anaphylaxis. So you can be allergic to when you get stung by any of these insects that we're talking about right now. Usually if you're going to see signs of anaphylaxis, it'll be within the first 15 minutes of the exposure. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can be delayed an hour or two, but most commonly yeah. you'll see it pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And that would be, you know, uh, difficulty breathing, swelling in your neck, hives, anything like that and if you have any symptoms you'd need to call 911 because it is a medical emergency right yeah. so you step into a big nest oh. of hornets which hopefully that never happens to anyone out there yeah. um, run screaming yes oh, yes yeah if you get stung by the the number they say is 50 or more that you can actually get poison from the venom yeah it's 50 is a rough number and obviously you're not counting when you're getting <laughs> chased by that <laughs> pretty nest, impressive that yeah. swarm yeah. of bees so if you get a lot of stings just call us you hmm. still want to do the same stuff you want to scrape the sites you want to wash but there might even if you're not allergic there might be another thing to worry about exactly there, so mm-hmm. be careful yeah I think probably my least favorite group of insects that we unfortunately do encounter this time of year would be caterpillars. Caterpillars, because oh, yeah. they're least favorite. You can outrun them, yes, Chris. Yes, you it's, can. It's not... <laughs> but why caterpillars? Because <laughs> they look terrifying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, have the, you seen a tick? The species that. <laughs> okay. To our listeners out there, feel free to Google what these species look like. But there are pretty. there are <laughs> there are a couple species that we worry about uh, in particular in northern New England: tussock uh, caterpillars. Caterpillars, gypsy moss, and of course uh, the brown tail moth. Dreaded brown yeah. tail moth. Now, now, for our listeners in New Hampshire and Vermont, um, uh, don't fret too much. They're not really in that area. They brown used tail to moths. be. Did I say brown tail? What did no, I I'm say? Just, I'm yeah, just brown tail moths. Yes, the brown tail moths are located more in coastal Maine and Cape Cod. Yeah, lucky um, us. Yes, <laughs> lucky us. So this yeah. might be a little bit more relevant to those in, in coastal Maine, but uh, really the same recommendations go for most of these caterpillars. So what do we worry about? Yeah, they go ahead, Carly. Well, as a general rule of thumb, we typically just say don't touch the hairy ones mm-hmm. because really the issue with these is the hairs. Right. The the hairs are very irritating when they get on your skin. They can float in the air and you can breathe them in. They can be very irritating to your airway and cause breathing difficulty. One of the things that we do worry about and just have you watch out for but the hairs can also stay active in the environment even if they're not on the actual caterpillar right, for, for months. months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so really important as far as prevention goes. Yeah, and what are some of those prevention techniques? Yeah, well, you don't want to leave your clothes hanging outside if you're in an area where these caterpillars are found. You want to wash clothes inside and dry them inside, use hot water, yep. just to make sure that you get rid of the hairs and you render them inactive. Mm-hmm. And, and just understand that some people are just more allergic to them some people just have some people don't have any reaction at all some have a little bit and some are just miserable for weeks yes they're exposed you'll be aware if you're sensitive to it so uh, and we do have treatment remedies i don't know if you want to expand on that Uh, carly is a pharmacist she might know some of that yeah so some things that we have uh, recommended to people could be poison ivy wipes Um, you could use calamine lotion Um, if it's itchy you could use an antihistamine like benadryl or just over the Over the counter things, yeah. And actually, if you go to your local pharmacy, you could ask them in this area. 
area, they'll probably be aware of some of the things that can be used. And one thing that's common is half a tube of hydrocortisone, um, half a tube of diphenhydramine, and witch hazel that you would apply topically. And they call that like the magic potion. Or yes. Magic yes, potion. yes, exactly. Something to talk to your pharmacist about or your right. staff in the pharmacy because they might mm -hmm. actually have it available already. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. One, um, small piece that I like to talk about with caterpillars um, that we do encounter occasionally, obviously, because we do with a lot of exposures in little kids. What do we worry about if a child swallows a caterpillar? Oh, that, that can be a problem. I mean, the hairs in the mouth and the throat, it can cause, mm -hmm. it can cause breathing difficulty. So Swelling, it, yeah. yeah. That can be a medical emergency. If something yeah. like that happens, we do urge you to get in contact with us. Right. Mm -hmm. And again, we're talking about the hairy caterpillars, as Chris said. Yes. Kids eat lots of bugs. <laughs> <laughs> Which you can always feel free to call us about, regardless yes. of what the bugs Of course. Is. Yeah. So we should probably talk about some of the uh, defense. Um, uh, <laughs> the repellents. The repellents. Yeah, 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 yeah some yeah. of the commercial, commercially available products we yeah. have to prevent against this sort of thing. Yeah. For, you know, before we talk about the exact products, the most important thing is to read the label. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds silly, but they're very highly regulated, pesticides are, and they'll tell you exactly how to use them. Do not apply them more often than it states. And if it says don't use on children, it's because they have a high level of the pesticide. So just be very careful. You don't want to saturate clothing, for example, while it's on your child or your body, because then you're being exposed constantly. Mm -hmm. You just want to be careful. There are different percentages of pesticides depending on the product that you have. Some are just meant to spray on clothes right. um, and you know you let them dry before you put them on. You don't uh, actually, you're not supposed to apply them to your skin. There can be pre-treated tents or, or things like that, right. but uh, yeah, reading yeah. the label. Safe use, we get a lot of calls this time of year on that exact yeah. thing. So yeah. what kind of products um, are available? I know we touched kind of briefly on it, but uh, what, are, what do we most commonly encounter? There are permethrin products that can certainly be irritating to the skin. If you use that product incorrectly, just call us and we can talk through all of the, um, the, the concerns for toxicity. There is DEET, which definitely can be a concern, especially when ingested. It can be very toxic. There's also natural products like eucalyptus, lemongrass oil, citronella candles, and uh, picardin is another option as well. And even the natural products can be a problem if ingested. They're all pretty safe to use when used correctly. But sometimes even if you use as instructed, you know, you put it on the child and then they lick their arm. I mean, you yeah. see that you all, never know. The all the time. Right, yeah. right. So just, just call us. We, we can help with those things very yeah. quickly. And not to be total bummers and make summer seem like it's a dangerous time. <laughs> we we all summer. love summer here. <laughs> we do. But frankly, we get a lot of calls on all these subjects. We so do. if you have any questions regarding any of these, always feel free to call us, chat us, or text us. Absolutely. In conclusion, we just wanted to thank you all again for listening to this episode of Poison Center Pointers. You can always like, share, and subscribe to us on Facebook and Twitter, or you can visit our website at nnepc.org. Remember, if you have an actual poisoning emergency, a scenario, or even just a question, you can contact the Northern New England Poison Center by calling 1-800-222-1222. You can text the word POISON to 85511, and you can chat online at nnepc.org. Thanks again for joining us today. See you next week. Hey guys, it's Chris still here with you. Um, I actually have some additional information and clarification. One of our specialists here reviewed our podcast, and we'll go ahead and call this the fact check section of the podcast. As I said, one of our specialists in poison information, also the public health educator for the state of Maine, Victoria, is here with us. 
thanks for joining. Sure, Chris. Thanks um, so much for letting me criticize your work. <laughs> the internet was going to do that anyway, so <laughs> might as well keep it in-house. Couple few point, or a few points that we want to go over with the last episode. What do we got? Yeah, not, not too much. Uh, but firstly, I, I did want to mention... Not to get into semantics, but ticks are not insects. (laughs) They are arachnids. Yeah, yeah. They're both arthropods, insects, and arachnids. And some repellents can be used for both, but they're not in the same class. And, you know, we do take our arachnids pretty seriously here at the Poison Center. Yeah, so we won't get into the full differences. Just know that insects and arachnids are not the same thing. What else did you want to go over? So you had all mentioned that CDC is a great resource to learn more about uh, the different diseases that arthropods can carry and and transmit to people. I just wanted to mention if our listeners want more information about repellents, epa.gov is a great resource for that. They have, um, so we we went over a couple brief products. And if you go on EPA's website, they'll give you information on registered repellents versus non-registered. And it really is a great resource. We did do a bit of reviewing on our end. I think there's one last point that we wanted to go over. Yeah, lastly, if if any of our listeners do find themselves in need of any of the over-the-counter remedies that, that we had talked about, we do encourage folks to reach out to their providers if they're feeling unwell. And if you do find yourself in the pharmacy and have questions about products, the pharmacist there is also a great resource. But, of course, people can call us as well if they have other questions. I think that's, is that all we have as far as criticism so far? (laughs) Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, again, stay tuned for episode three. Should be coming out in the next couple weeks. And again, you can always call us at 1-800-222-1222. You can chat with us at nnepc.org and you can text POISON to 85511. Thanks for joining us, Victoria.